listening to the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. We sit down with some of the most highly regarded experts in the field of rehab, from physical therapists, athletic trainers, and much more. We dive into what makes them tick and hear about the lessons they have learned along their journey. Come listen to what these experts have to say. And welcome inside to another episode of the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. Today we have a very special guest. Today we have Bobby. Bobby is a PT clinical specialist with the TCU Horn Frogs. Bobby, welcome on in. Thanks for having me, Chase. I appreciate it. All right, Bobby. Um, for though we've met before, um, you're my mentor through the AASPT uh, College and Pro SIG. But for everyone else who doesn't know you, kind of give a little bit of background about who you are. All right. Um, well, I mean, first and foremost, I, I was was an athlete, so I'm a washed up athlete, which most of us are, I guess, at this point. Um, <laughs> and then from there, I went on to PT school at Duke. And from day one, they were very big on uh, residencies and promoting future growth. And literally, that was our second day of um, our time at Duke was they were promoting residencies. So I was like, well, I'm going to do one of those. Um, so after PT school, I moved on and went to a sports residency actually out in Fort Worth at Texas Health, where I'm at now. Um, and I did their sports residency for a year. And then I stayed on as a clinician in uh, their sports med department. And then about a year later, I was contracted back over to Texas Christian University um, to work with their athletics department. And so in some capacity for like the last eight and a half years, that's kind of been my role. Um, and now I'm pretty much almost exclusively over there, 40 plus hours a week um, working with their athletics department. I'm also faculty on our residency program and help with some clinical research in uh, in our company as well. Gotcha. Um, so obviously, you know, you said Duke kind of pushed it on to you at the second day of school um, that you want to see a residency program. And you said you're, you know, a former athlete. Uh, but what about it? You know, what was there any particular experiences that drew you to sports PT um, as a field in general? Yeah. Um, well, I knew in college that I wanted to go into um, like health related field. And so for a long time, I was just in like a kinesiology major and I didn't really commit. And I did some undergraduate athletic training um, and I was about to commit to that. And then my undergrad program decided that it was going to go the route of switching to master's program. Um, and I would either have to transfer in order to actually be able to qualify to sit for the BOC or um, pick a different major. And because I was playing sports and wanted to stay where I was, I decided to just pick a different major. Um, and around that same time, I had my own injury, um, went through surgery, rehab, and it really was just very generic outpatient rehab and not very specific to me as an athlete. And I went back to sport and I still didn't have full range of motion, still was in a lot of pain and having issues. And um, that was one of the big drivers for me that I was like, no, I really want to go into PT. I really want to be the person who helps somebody get through this and get back to their sport um, that I wasn't really able to do. Right. Um, and so when you decided to do residency, what made you uh, choose the residency you chose? Like, was there anything that what made it stand out to you that you said, OK, this is a place I can kind of further my career? Yeah. When I went through residencies, there wasn't quite as many options as there are now, but I did go about it very systematically in terms of like looking at residencies. And I knew that I wanted some division one um, coverage and exposure. I knew that I wanted some teaching experience and some research experience, and then obviously some clinical mentoring 
Um, and so I went through the list of all the residencies that were available at the time. And I kind of scored and like scoured like what residencies had what to offer in each of those areas. Um, and then based off of that, I kind of narrowed it down to the ones that I thought were the best fit for me and then applied to those and then hope that I got in. Um, <laughs> so it really was just trying to like give myself opportunities in each of the areas that I knew that I wanted to grow in um, and pick a residency based off of that. Right. And so what are some things that you kind of learned, you know, you know, two or three things that you learned in your residency that you feel like kind of really helped propel you kind of afterwards? You said you stayed on afterwards, but you know, that mm-hmm. you've obviously grew during that time. So what are some things that you think you really picked up through um, your residency program? Um, I think one of the first things I learned was just being willing to um, be available and donate or volunteer your time is one of the biggest things that you can do to build relationships and earn people's trust. Um, and that's like across a health system. So not just within, you know, physical therapists, but across a, like a, a sports medicine team. Um, and that's really what a residency is all about is a lot of time and a lot of learning. Um, so that was a very big lesson for me. And then basically being able to take in information. We always said it was like drinking like a fi- like from a fire hydrant when you first start a residency. It's just so much information and how much can you take on and then how much can you apply that and really challenge yourself to slow down and apply all of the, the information that you're learning and then compile it in a way that's like meaningful in its output with the patients. Um, so that was definitely a big one as well. And that, I mean, that takes forever. That's still something that we go through now, but a residency was definitely something that helped me hone that because I was going from a generalist as a, you know, come out of school to trying to specialize in sports. Um, so now there's a whole different fire hydrant to drink from in terms of knowledge. Um, so we always talked about that in, in the residency program, which I appreciated. And then the other thing what I would definitely say is how to like critically read research and appraise research. We did a lot of research as part of my residency, both in um, like clinical measurements but then also in journal clubs and reading. And we also have to do our own project in which we would go through and do the entire um, like data collection, writing a paper submission, et cetera, um, to, for a journal as well as to like CSM the next year. And just learning through that process was huge because even if it's not something that, you know, somebody wants to do really long-term, you learn how to critically appraise and read research, which then helps you to do that going forward. Right. So I kind of want to talk talk about the second point you made about like drinking through a fire hose and then kind of making that information useful to you and not just you you learn it and then you kind of forget it. Um, what are some strategies that you found? Because, you know, now you look on Twitter, Instagram, and then just like through your general like research things like PubMed, there's so many things to look at. So what are some things that you do to kind of like latch onto the things that you're like, all right, this is going to be useful for my patients or the people that I see? Yeah. So definitely when I first started, because right, you you get all of this information, whether it's in your didactic session, whether it's through research articles or journal articles or podcasts or whatever it is that you're listening and taking information in. And then you have real patients in front of you, but you have two or three of them <laughs> at one time in a clinic or, in, you know, a lot of times that's how that goes. And so you're like, you get caught up in the, I just need to do something rather than, well, how do I apply what I just learned in the best way possible? And so I think realizing that in the moment is probably not when I'm going to be able to like best apply that the first time and 
it might be that I have to the night before sit down and think through how I'm going to do this prep for it and then go in and actually try and apply it after thinking through it and then reflect on how that went. And then as I get used to using that information more and more, well, then I probably will be able to apply it on the fly when I have two or three people or when I have more things going on. But that first time, unless I'm like really one-on-one, I'm not going to have that chance to like slow down and be like, okay, well, the paper that I was reading, you know, talked about doing this instead and focusing on this piece of this. And, you know, maybe I can do this. Like I've got a couple of people I'm trying to shuffle, uh, shuffle around. So maybe I'm not gonna be able to do that right now. But really that planning a headpiece and then reflecting and then just slowly like integrating in every time and really being cognizant of that, I think can be really helpful. Yeah, because I'm sure we've all been guilty of that, you know, reading a really cool research paper that is like, oh, I'm going to use this in the clinic. And then you get two patients and an eval and then you get slammed and all of a sudden it's like, I completely forgot what I was going to do. So like you said, pre-planning ahead of time is, is a great piece of advice for that. Um, so I want to talk a little bit more about your, your role with uh, TCU. So when you say that you're contracted with them, what does that you know kind of mean? So uh, basically, I run an uh, outpatient sports med clinic in their athletic training room solely with their athletics department. So I treat patients, quote unquote, but like the athletes over there. Um, and as if I've seen them over in our hospital outpatient based clinic, um, and so I'm integrated like within their department. I work with their athletic trainers and work with the athletes. And it looks nothing like a general outpatient clinic in the way that it actually runs in terms of like time in, time out, things change. We don't schedule the same way, all of those things. But we do try and run as similar as we can. And we like uphold some of those standards and um, that sort of thing. So I'm contracted over through a company to work in their athletics department. Gotcha. Um, and so what are some uh, ways that is similar and then some ways that is different, you know, you're in an athletic training room and you have a different role um, than, you know, compared to your outpatient clinic where patients come every 30 or every hour? Yeah. Um, I plan and then I plan for everything to change. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, every week there's like a general schedule of like, okay, you know, I think that this team's going at this time. And so I'm going to see all these athletes at this time who are going through maybe long-term rehabs that I'm working with or all of that. And so I have this general schedule and I go into the week and then I find out that football changed their lift time. And now we got to switch this around or this person obviously has a test. And so now we need to change when they're coming in. So it's, it functions in some ways like a regular clinic in terms of like I try and set times and I have to do the documentation piece that we have to do in more of like a general clinic setting. But then it is absolute chaos and it's just tried to be controlled chaos. And that's not usually how a general outpatient goes, not most days anyway. And you know, sometimes I'll have four or five people in there at once because they all got done with weights and I need to see them now or they're probably going to disappear and I'm not going not to get them back on campus. Um, so it it just is that ability to like have a bit of a plan and then pivot really quickly. Um, that I think is both a challenge, but also one of the pieces that I enjoy about working there is it always keeps me on my toes. (laughs) So I appreciate that about it as well. Yeah. Right. And so at TC, are you seeing like all the athletes from, you know, football, basketball to all the other Olympic sports? Are you just seeing certain section of athletes? So I would say two thirds of my schedule is mostly football. Uh, and then the other third, so I see across all sports, but I would say two thirds of my schedule is football primarily. Right. Um, and so when you're seeing those other like non-football athletes, you know, I'm sure it can vary and depending day to day, you know, athletes of very 
different types of sports with very different types of demands. So how do you kind of make sure that you're meeting those demands of those athletes that they need to get back to, you know, rehab because, you know, gymnast versus a basketball player versus a lacrosse player, they're all very different in terms of what their sport requires. So how do you kind of make sure when you're seeing all three of them at once that they're all kind of making sure that they're getting what they properly need to return to sport? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, we have over 21 sports, and even though, like I said, primarily what I see is football, uh, I see a ton of the other sports as well. And I do not know everything about every one of those sports. That would just be impossible. And I didn't play or even participate even when I was little in most of those sports. Um, so I make it my responsibility to learn as much as I can in terms to be able to like have conversations with the athletes so that they know that I'm invested in them getting better, but also so we can speak the same language. And if I don't know something, I ask them um, because, you know, at first when I started, I was like, oh, I can't ask or else they're going to think I like I don't know anything and I'm stupid and they're not going to work with me because why would you work with somebody who doesn't know what this particular thing of their particular sport is? But that's really not the case when you start asking them questions about like, tell me a little bit more about what it is in you know this particular part of your dive that's really hard for you right now and how I can like help you with that they'll go through and they'll show me like a whole movement and like, they'll talk me through it. And then I try it. And then we work together to kind of figure out, okay, well, what are some things that we can work on in here or that I can help you with to get to that? And I think that helps really build like a partnership in what we're doing as well as even show more of my investment to learn from them. And that happens all the time, because like I said, I, I am not an expert in diving or shot put and <laughs> diving especially was one that I thought I had a great understanding of. Cause like I've watched a lot of diving in the Olympics and then I've had a bunch of divers that I've worked with and I was like trying to show them something. And they're like, oh, that's not how I dive. And I was like, oh, really? Like, okay, well, like show me, right? And being mm -hmm. willing to like admit that and then talk through and have them show me things, it, I think helps a lot. Right. Um, so I want to talk a little bit more about kind of what you do, especially um, when we first met, you said that you kind of deal a lot with concussions. Um, so kind of tell us a little bit more about what got you involved in that? Because, you know, obviously a very a huge part in sports PT, especially for football, um, but, you know, not typical for your, your orthopedic cases. It's more kind of neurological based. So kind of tell us a little bit more about why you got so involved with concussions. So my interest in concussions started in PT school. Um, I had a couple playing water polo in college and then went to PT school and learned a little bit about it, but we don't learn a ton um, in a lot in most programs. And maybe that's changing now. Um, but I had an interest from some exposure in like our vestibular classes and those sorts of things. And then I went on my internships and I had a CI who was treating like pediatric concussion. And I just thought it was fascinating. Um, so I made it like a mission to learn more about it. And from then on out, I just like started reading any articles that I could seeking out any sort of resources that I could. And at the time there really wasn't that many in sports related concussion. So you know, when I went into my residency, one of the things that my residency program had to offer was uh, exposure to sport-related concussion with team doctors that we have and um, through some research that they wanted to do, but they hadn't really started up. And so that's one of the reasons that I was so attracted to that program. And when I got there, that was a big part of it is that I was going to help with some of their concussion-based research. So then I got involved in that and I started seeing that there was this like gap and need in what we do as PTs for treating sports-related concussion. And so a colleague and I created some continuing education courses based on that, and we teach that a lot. Um, and then I saw it as a need in a college setting. 
And that was one of those things that I was like, when I evaluated how I could add to a sports medicine team, like, what is it that I can bring to the table um, that can be really valuable here? That was a huge piece for me. I was like, this is something that's missing, not just managing a concussion and not just waiting until it goes away and then progressing them back to sport, but how can we treat it and hopefully more optimize getting them back to sport? Um, So that was just something that was like a big passion of mine and then led me down that road. Gotcha. Um, And so as you've been like kind of making this your, um, you know, working in college athletics, you kind of making that your niche, what are some things that you've noticed are like more difficult in like college athletes versus general population athletes, which may be from like car accidents or any other falls? Um, What are some specific things that you kind of like, you know, some clinical pearls working with college athletes for concussions? Oh, for concussions specifically? Um, I think some of the the biggest things there would be taking into account their social life uh, because that's a big part of going off to college and it's being around their friends. It's being around their teammates. And if you try and isolate someone, especially if they've had symptoms for a long period of time, it's not only it may not be beneficial for their overall recovery to say, Hey, like you can't go to practice at all. Or, Hey, you can't go to the basketball game with your friends and watch, watch the game because you'll have symptoms and that'll bother you. Or, you know, it's that, that isolation piece can be very hard in a setting where like they're meant to go off and they're meant to be in groups and make friends and build all these bonds. Um, So I think that's a big part of it too. And then they also don't have any like adults who, adults and they're adults, but like they don't have any parents per se or uh, guardians or things like that around that are telling them, no, you have to go to bed at this time and are helping them be in like, you know, this more regimented recovery zone per se. So like, I think that can be a big challenge and really educating them and putting the onus on them for their own recovery, but still working with them to kind of help them integrate back into their social life, their daily life, school, right. And classes um, as in most places, at least in college, they should be student athletes. Um, so I think those are all pieces that I have to have a little bit more of a hand in than I do when I'm working with some of my, uh, like high school kids or even younger than that. Right. I think that's a, that's a great point. Um, you know, working with, uh, these people that may be home away from home for the very first time and they don't really have any, uh, you know, real structure quite yet. And they're kind of still forming that, that can kind of play a huge role into, uh, you know, making sure they get, like you said, regimented sleep and making sure they're eating enough and make sure so they, they so that they can recover. Um, so another question I wanted to ask you kind of that's unique to your role is that you work pretty much primarily in the athletic training room. What are some things that um, physical therapists can take from working in an uh, athletic training room? Because, you know, it's something that not many people get to experience unless you are, you know, an AT in your past life or, you know, kind of at least still work as an AT. Um, So what are some things that you have found working in an athletic training room that can translate well to working in a clinic? Um, Yeah. Um, A couple of different things I think that can be really helpful. The first of which is that I think in a traditional PT setting, we get very regimented into, okay, you come in, you warm up, we do X, Y, Z manual, whatever it is. And then we go do X, Y, Z exercises. And it becomes this very structured and expected setup. And we think it begins to become like this. Well, this is the only way this person can be successful is to work inside this box, inside these four walls. Um, It's definitely something that I still work through where I'm like, okay, well, you know, 
I have to, I have to, I need to run upstairs into the weight room and see how they're doing something up here. And then I need to take them back downstairs. And now I need to supplement what they're doing up there. And I didn't get to do any manual yet today. So like, am I going to fit that in? Do I need to do that? Maybe they like that. Like, where am I going to put that? And so trying to make, like reach all the goals that you have for them within a session or within a week or within whatever macro or micro cycle you're in, but in a less regimented and outside the box kind of way and realizing that you can do that and you can still be successful and they can still be successful and still feel like they're progressing. Um, I think that's a big one that we don't have to be quite so square in everything mm-hmm. we do. Um, another one would be that, you know, working with different um, sports medicine providers, whether that's chiropractors, athletic trainers, um, sports med doctors, everything, you can learn so much from everybody. And this includes like students, interns, you know, everybody's going to have a different approach to something. And whether you agree with it or you don't, being open to learning from that and that your way is not necessarily the best or the only way. There's somebody who might be treating somebody with the same thing that you're treating somebody with right next to each other. And they might both be very different techniques, but both athletes are being successful. Right. And so I think that that's very apparent when you work in a setting with people who have different approaches than you. Right. Yeah. I think that's, that's a great piece of advice because you know, our main goal is to get patients back. So if it's with intervention A or intervention B, as long as they're getting better and they're able to kind of get back to doing what they love, that's all that really, really matters. Um, So a couple more questions before we get you out of here, Um, kind of walk us through a day in the life. You know, you said that, you know, all of a sudden you might, go from nothing to all of a sudden you have five athletes at a time and you're trying to juggle all of them. Um, yeah. You know, kind of give us a typical day in the life of what it's like to be you. Um, okay. Well, that, yeah, that'll change on a day-to-day basis. But I mean, so for instance, right now we're in spring, so we're in spring training for football. And so it's a lot, a little bit lighter in some ways, uh, but it means it's a lot more variable too, <laughs> because most <laughs> of the rehab uh, individuals who've been going to rehab with me are starting to integrate back into those things. Um, so I'll get there somewhere between like six thirty and seven, they have run groups. I'll try and go up and watch some of the guys who are kind of integrating back in, um, to give any feedback that I can on how they're looking with, uh, some of the like conditioning that they're doing. Then I'll usually see a couple of people, uh, that I can, uh, who maybe aren't able to do some of those things, uh, during football, uh, and then keep trying to keep an eye on a few of the guys as they go into the weight room, once again, kind of as they're integrating back in. Um, to some things up there and kind of talk back and forth with some of the strength coaches about what they should be doing, or maybe like some of the things that we might be concerned about for them. And then the rest of the morning is pretty much just trying to shuffle through a lot of the football rehabs and trying to get them to spread out and they'll have different weight groups. So like I'll have three or four of them down and then they got to go back up to the weight room and then the other group will come down and then I'll have a few more before they go to lunch. Um, and then uh, usually, or after they kind of go from lunch, usually in the afternoons is when I'll get to see a lot of the other sports. Uh, and that's just because right now, at least, the football schedule changes so much, I can at least get all of them in in the morning, even if we rotate them around. So morning is usually football in some way, integrating back in um, between rehabs, that sort of thing. And then the afternoon usually is going to be more of some of the other Olympic sports. I'll end up working with them. And kind of throughout all of that, um, we have residents that are uh, also over at TCU. And so I'll be working with them and helping mentor them as well as like I'll take PT students that I'll, I'll be working with. And then 
uh, intermittent meetings with uh, strength coaches, athletic trainers who walk in, um, that sort of thing, just to make on-the-fly calls about what are people are doing at practice and things we can be working on that day. Gotcha. Um, and so I actually wanted to kind of go back to a little bit about concussions. Uh, mm -hmm. What is your, if I had to give you a, a little soapbox, something that you, if you have someone, you're talking to someone that has never treated a patient with a concussion, um, what's something that you're like, all right, this is, this is the, what you need to know to make sure that they're successful. So like one or two things that it's like, all right, this is kind of, kind of helps that you set you up for success with treating a concussion patient. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit challenging in the sense of like no concussions are the same and they're not the same within the same individual, even if they have multiple. So from like a treatment perspective, it's very hard to give like a general statement on like treatment that way. But I would say from a management perspective, the best piece of advice I can give is rest is not best. Like we don't want somebody just to rest and not do anything and definitely not sit in a dark room anymore. We're well past that, I hope. Um, they, my soapbox would be modified participation, right? In a sub-symptomatic way. It's just like when somebody has an orthopedic injury and, you know, this hurts really bad when they do it at practice. So maybe we don't do that thing or we modify it to a level that you can do it without pain. Same thing with a concussion. It's like, okay, well, maybe going to a basketball game really hurts your head, but like you want to be around your friends. So maybe we watch the game at home with your friends and then anytime you need a break, you can step away, right? So it's finding those like modified ways for people to still be able to do the things that they love while they're recovering. Gotcha. I think that's a great piece of advice. And hopefully, you know, us as a PT community have moved past the uh, just close your eyes and <laughs> and don't do anything. I really um, <laughs> So as, as you uh, have been with TCU for a while now, do you have anything, um, any favorite memories or anything that stands out in particular? Man, there's, there's so many good ones. Um, obviously this year, if anyone's been paying attention, we did really well in football. Um, so that's a really great memory, obviously, to see all of the, the guys succeed and to do really well. Um, but my favorite memories really come from like watching like individual athletes um, really get to do what they love. Uh, just like, so for instance, today I had an athlete who is coming back from a long surgery and he was up in running and he was doing, you know, five ten five drills for the first time with the team. And he's just smiling the whole time. The whole team is getting, getting their butt kicked and like breathing really hard. And he's just like smiling because he's having so much fun. He comes up to me after he's like, that was the most fun day I've had in a long time. And like, it's those types of memories where like, I get to see them doing what they love to do that make it really all worth it. And those are my favorite. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a great, um, I think everyone can kind of relate to that, you know, seeing someone get back and they're like, all right, um, you know, may not be exactly what I'm do like what need to do, but it's the first step. And that's, that's a super rewarding experience. Yeah. Um, last piece, piece of, uh, or last question I have for you, do you have any advice or any piece of advice for anybody that wants to get into, you know, sports, whether it's the you know, private practice, whether it's college, whether it's, you know, the pro level, anything that you would kind of give to anybody that wants to kind of get to where you are? Yeah. I mean, I think first thing to do is kind of do, do some research into the roles that you think that you want to do, right. Find out more about what that entails on a day-to-day -day basis and reach out to those people to find out what that actually looks like. Right. Um, you know, are you willing to work from 6am to 8pm and on the weekends and give up some of your free time, depending on the season. Right. And, Find out if that fits what your goals are, and if that is, then see what skills that those people who are in those positions have um, and what paths they kind of took to get there. 
And not that you have to follow those exact things, but it gives you some ideas of directions to go and to move in. And then I would say like, find something that you like, find something that you can offer into a healthcare team that kind of sets you apart, right? And that helps fill a need in that healthcare team and that you can then create from that a role that you want. Okay. Yeah. I think that's, that's perfect advice. Cause, um, you know, us as PTs, we're all, hopefully we're all good at giving out, you know, exercise and everything. Um, but what makes you stand apart compared to, uh, you know, PTA and PT number B next to you is, is super important. Um, so Bobby, that's all the questions I have for you. Um, this has been great. And I really appreciate you coming on and kind of sharing your, your knowledge and ex- your experiences. Uh, is there anything that you'd like to plug before we get you out of here? Um, I mean, if you want to learn more about concussion rehab, we have a continuing education course um, through uh, evolutioned.thinkific.com. It's pretty good in my opinion. Uh, There are also other good ones out there, and I'm always willing to share all the resources that I have on all the different ones that are out there. So if you have questions about different courses, I'm just passionate about people treating this condition. It doesn't have to be my course. There's lots of them out there now. Um, So learn about it, treat it, and uh, yeah. And then if you have any questions, like feel free to reach out. I'm an open book. So I'm always happy to answer any questions about what I do or what I don't do or what I don't know as well. Okay, perfect. Um, With that being said, this has been the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. Huge shout out to Bobby Lee of the TCU Horned Frogs for coming on to the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. If you liked what you heard or want to hear more episodes from great future guests, please like and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you're listening. Oh, 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 oh